and welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, listed in 2020 as number eight of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am your host, Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert and author of Business Evolution, Creating Growth in a Rapidly Changing World. I created Scale Your Sales Framework to develop leading edge capabilities to secure, retain and grow key customer relationships for long-term value and partnership. Join me each week to learn from amazing B2B sales and business experts and influencers. Tune in for actionable insights and strategies. Are you ready to scale your sales? My next guest is David J.P. Fisher, also known as D-Fish. D-Fish is a speaker, coach, best-selling author of 12 books, David helps salespeople, business owners, and entrepreneurs understand the sales Sherpa path, where social media, networking, traditional sales skills are the key to providing value and staying relevant. So we're going to expand on all of that. So welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, D-Fish. So good to be back. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure having you here because I've heard the launch of not one, but two, two books. You've revised your two best-selling, well, you've got so many best-selling books, but (laughs) tell me more about your networking books and the focus and why you decided to revise them. Yeah, so we, we've recently launched uh, a second edition of Networking in the 21st Century, uh, and then a third edition of Networking in the 21st Century on LinkedIn. And these were really predicated by the, uh, you might have seen on the news there is this pandemic, it kind of has you know, shaped uh, our, our world for the last 18 months. But I, I really wanted to look at how you know, relationship building in a professional setting was being impacted. Uh, and more importantly, what what we could do about it. Like, you know, what are the ways to create relationships, to network, to use online and offline tools in a a post-pandemic world? And and post-pandemic, by the way, not mean the pandemic is done, but post-March, you know, 2020, like we're going to be in a world where there is COVID and and possibly other pandemics in the future. So how do we, how do we navigate that? And that's, that was kind of what, what inspired me to Put out not one, but two books at the same time, which I will say for the record is insane and I'm never doing it again. <laughs> lesson learned, lesson learned. The thing is, though, I think the um, pandemic created an opportunity for people yeah. in that, you know, all of a sudden, I, I certainly know for, for, for you as well, you know, there was one day where email after email, a lot of the speaking engagements um, that we do, all stopped and there was <laughs> right. a, a space in the diary and, and that's never been heard of before so you either kind of set sat back and thought woe is me or you right. thought great I've been meaning to do it now you were proactive <laughs> in that you've been you know you thought this is an opportunity I'm going to capitalize on it yeah. I still have two manuscripts <laughs> on the floor and I had really good intentions Finally, I'm going to get my second, maybe, you know, move my third book. Um, but in the past, what I do is I go away and I write or I you mm-hmm. know, launch a course. 
obviously I hadn't gone away. So in my head, that's why <laughs> you weren't ready. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, the key is to have a, a small child uh, in your house where you go, oh, for me to get away from the small child, I have to close the door and lock myself in this room. So while I'm here, I might as well be productive. Right? <laughs> so that was happen. your strategy. Best yes. to your small child for yes. helping you. That's, yes, exactly. That's exactly. what I didn't have. <laughs> so tell me about what is the difference in the, what was the key things we thought, this has changed. This is why right. I need to do this. So what's really interesting is in diving in and they are pretty meaty updates. A lot of times you bring out a new edition, you, you know, you, you change the cover, maybe add, add a paragraph here, there, and then you're done. Both of these books went through some, some pretty significant revision. But interestingly enough, at the core, it didn't change, right? So what I really found is that the idea of relationship building, the idea of connecting with others. You, you had mentioned the sales Sherpa path that I talk about, which, you know, in short is just this idea of in a sales position, really becoming the trusted guide, the resource for your prospects and, and customers before they need you, right? Kind of putting yourself out there, you know, building the trust, building the, that, that relationship, as we said, so that when they do need you, you're the person that they, they call. And what I found is that that hasn't changed, right? In some ways we think maybe, oh, life should be massively different, but no, it's, it, we're still human. It's, it's still about creating that connection. Where I think we saw the difference is that, you know, you mentioned uh, we had that space in, in our uh, day, uh, the, the need for digital, the need for virtual really increased. What I tell people is that that, that wasn't new, right? We've done, we've done Zoom calls for years. We've done webinars for years. There was no technology that came out in March 2020 that everyone was like, oh, this is a brand new technology. It's just all of a sudden, since we couldn't go out in person, you know, Zoom, asynchronous video, uh, LinkedIn, obviously, became much more important. And I say that we went through a digital transformation that would have taken 10 years in 10 months, right? And some organizations in 10 weeks. Uh, and we're still reeling from that. I still think a lot of sales professionals and sales organizations still wrestling with that. But it, so it just became more of a change of tools and, and environment, you know, context that we create those relationships, but the end goal is still the same. Was there also a change of mindset? So you adapted the tools, but actually your environment had changed. Now you've got a kitchen, you've got a little kid <laughs> on your knee. You know, this wouldn't have been the business environment. Yeah. And it's about accepting that those things are okay. So do you think there was also a shift of what is acceptable within networking, business, the things that you do online? Yeah, so I think it became much more common for us to accept that humanity, if you will. There wasn't that, that strict division between I'm in business, you know, I'm in, in, in a personal setting. Yeah, even just the idea of for many people, Having that Zoom call, whether it was with a prospect or a client or even just networking, getting to know somebody at the, the kitchen table, at the dining room table, you know, with the kids in the background, I think that became a little bit more acceptable. But it's really interesting you asked about mindset because I think there is a big mindset shift that needs to happen. But I would almost suggest that one of the biggest struggles is that not everybody shifts mindsets quickly. In fact, most people don't. Change is hard. 
And I, I think that a lot of professionals, especially in sales, are still like you have the, that cohort that's like, cool, I'm going to be on LinkedIn every day. I'm going to start using that tool. I'm going to start using video. Like if this is what I do, need to do, this is what I do. There's still a good segment that's just like, hey, I just got to hold on until everything goes back to the way it was. I can go back to my trade shows. I can go back to just sitting there, you know, at lunch, whining, dining, a uh, prospect. And I, and, and I think that those people are going to really struggle because we're never, I don't know what the new normal is, whatever that, that means, but I know it's not. Um, I was thinking about this mindset thing and those that haven't yet shifted, that are just on the hold, waiting for things to go back to normal. And I have a, a, a view that actually when things go back to what the perception of normal is, so they go back to the trade show. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks ago, I did my first live keynote speaking engagement at a conference. And there was a different atmosphere. It wasn't as crowded, but the buzz, I mean, obviously everyone's so happy to be alive. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, to be out. And, yeah, you know, for sure. There was a calmness and the, there was a difference around the trade stands and the way people yeah. communicated. And there's certainly a move more to hybrid. So if they that mindset doesn't start to shift, you can imagine that when they go back to what they're familiar with, familiar has changed. Yeah. You know, it's changed under them anyway. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. And I think the what's going to happen is, you use the word hybrid there. I, I think we've just seen an opening up of the channels that we can use to engage with people. And the, the offline, I love being, I love being in front like you of a, a group of people. There's webinars are great and be able to deliver virtually is great, but there's nothing like being in a room with a bunch of people that, that energy is you know, tangible. Yeah. But what I think a lot of people saw over 2020 is the power of some of these digital tools. You know, I've been teaching people on link, about LinkedIn for over a decade. And it was always, oh, I guess we'll get to that. It's a, it's a nice to have, but not a need to have. Now you saw people go, oh, we, we do need to have this. And then let's go you know, two years into the future. Hopefully everything's calmed down a little bit. There's such a, an ability to leverage time and energy and money using digital tools. So this, the, the sales professionals that really succeed are the ones that are going to be able to go, hey, I'm going to go to that trade show. But then my follow-up is Zoom because I can do a lot more calls that way or I'm going to bring in asynchronous video. Or, or I've already seen this, professionals that just over the last year have really amped up their LinkedIn presence in, in the right way. Not just saying I'm going to, you know, connect and pitch, just yeah. pray and pray, you know, nothing. But I've really come and built their personal brand, made connections, started conversations. And, and you think about them being able to leverage that and then add in kind of those, those offline elements. That's, that I think is the key to success moving forward for the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm really excited about it. And certainly you may have seen, I know that you did so much on, on LinkedIn um, with live content yeah. um, at the beginning, you were really offering value. And I think as things kind of move on, you're absolutely right. There'll be certain things live that you do that you probably would have done certain things live, but actually they're better in the digital format. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a different type of live 
because we know if you're if you're training on LinkedIn, then and someone asks you a question, you can just switch your screen and give them the ins- show them yeah. everything. Give them the ins- you can't do that necessarily in a live environment. So there is a certain level of adaptability because you don't always know what your audience are thinking, so you can react a lot quicker. Yeah. I absolutely love the two, but I'll tell you when I first um, when I did the speaking engagement two weeks ago, I had forgotten how much more rehearsal time you need to put into I mean you know everyone was really happy but it's I wasn't quite happy with it you know (laughs) as we are as as professionals we're extremely critical about what we do right right but you know we're online I've got two screens here you know like so that adaptability if I think of something I can look it up I can have it on screen I can react to the audience and actually I have to you know, you know, you have to over prepare for live because you don't know what's going to happen. So you have to do three times as much prep and rehearsal. And I'd forgotten. I'm thinking, blimey, you know, I need to charge more for live, (laughs) way more, because, you know, that's a two weeks worth before I've even turned up for one hour that I don't need to do when I'm on, on online. It's really started to make me think about where my value is and, you know, what's, what's the cost of that, that value. That's well, yeah. When we're doing online, all I need is this screen, you know, that's, I just have to, I have to get this part of me, right. Everything else doesn't, I don't have to worry. Yeah, uh, like you're wearing your pajamas now, aren't you, DP? Yeah, no, I've gotten dressed, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying I've got suit pants on. <laughs> yes. but, but I think that brings up a really interesting point that I think is is very relevant for um, sales professionals. And, and I also think sales organizations. And the, re- the, the point is that these different channels require different skills, right? Yeah. Meeting in person, uh, is very different than meeting over Zoom or running a, a you know a meeting. Let's say you have a sales presentation for five people live versus those five decision makers just in in the Zoom screen. And I don't know if I'd say either is better or worse. I think they both have different. You know, for example, if you want to do a sales presentation live for five of the key stakeholders and decision makers, yeah, live would be great. Now you just have to get five of them in the same place at the same time versus. It might be easier to set up that meeting by Zoom and get more people in. So I think, but why I think this is relevant also for sales organizations is that they have to start training their people mm-hmm. to do that, right? And so, uh, of, hey, I'm biased. One of the things I do is help people understand how to use the digital world in the sales process. But their skill sets, right? You, you can't just put a, a camera on somebody and go, hey, send some sales videos out. <laughs> right? You're going to lose a lot of business. <laughs> you, that's exactly right. And also, I think one of the, the real, I think, in-demand skills for the next however long is going to be sales professionals that can actually know when to do the, the when do I have to send a, 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 an email? When do I have to call? When do I have to have a video chat? When should I get on a plane? Right. And this is a conversation that has to be ta- has to take place, you know, in person. There's there's a decision matrix involved there. Right. And I don't think that that's a natural one for people. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think the, the 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 professionals that either do just kind of stumble upon that naturally or develop that that knowledge of which channel to use. 
yeah. are going to be head and shoulders above the rest because context does matter uh, in, as far as creating the results that you want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and with that, how much prep you need to do for each of the channels and the skill, as you say, of mastering each of the different channels. Mm -hmm. um, how much information do you give on each of the channels? Because some are more right. adaptable than other. I mean, it, it's literally, the, it's multi-layered. There is, there is so much behind it, really. And that's why you're absolutely right. You need to, um, all of that training and experimentation and practice in right. order to understand all the different nuances as well. You know, the difference between speaking fast or slow on all of the, there's so <laughs> much to it. It really is you right. know, a minefield. And then you got to think about what your, hear, your hearer or listener, I guess what you say, but like mm. the prospect, you know, mm. what do they want? What's the best thing for them? It might vary depending on industry and what you're you know, delivering to that initial contact who's maybe a junior member might be different than somebody who's a senior leader that, you know, that CFO who's going to, you know, give you the final okay, who's, you know, in their 60s, right? And maybe is more of a veteran person. They might want something different than that 35-year-old director. And yeah. so, yeah, there's just so much coaching that needs to happen. And so I think it's important both on an individual sales level, but I think organizations need to be very, and, and this isn't always a strength, they need to be very open with how do we train our people for this? How do we actually equip them to handle the new normal versus just giving them a webcam and a Zoom account saying, okay, go sell. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I love you, you said um, they should be selling for their customers, not to them. Can you explain that? Absolutely. So I think one of the biggest challenges that we saw in selling pre-pandemic, pre so I think there was a ramp up of um, in, the, in the sales world where because of the technology that was coming in, you know, the sales stack and all of those things, sales became very much about, uh, it became too quantified and it came too much about like, Hey, what's our process? And this, there they weren't uh, people, our prospects weren't people, they were prospects at best. At worst, they were leads, right? And it became this okay, we're going to put them through our, our sales funnel, and then I'm going to do this, this, that, and the other thing. And then, you know, hopefully we'll get a sale at the end. Yeah. And what was funny to me is, you know, I came up in direct sales, which is like very old school. And it was always like, how do we sit, sit across from somebody? figure out what their challenges are and then connect what we have with those challenges. Right. And by the way, if, if, if we can't help them, like that's cool. My, my, I remember my first sales manager never had a problem. If I came out and was like, they didn't really need it. I didn't qualify it. Well, they didn't need what we had. That's why I didn't sell. Like that was, that was okay. Mm. And I think we got away from that. And so, you know, when I coach sales professionals, I'm always like, your job is to go into a sales conversation in service to the person you're, you're working with. Now that makes it a lot easier to quote unquote, close the business. Cause if you're like, Hey, I can help you and you need this and, and this is going to help. I have no problem asking for the business. I have no problem, you know, closing the sale, but if you, and, but so many sales professionals just, they're kind of divorced from that approach. They're just like, Hey, it's all about me. And again, I think the more you can focus on the person that you're serving and I use that word very specifically, serving, every good salesperson I've ever met uh, in my life has that mentality. And I should say every successful long-term salesperson, you can kind of, you know, for a year or two, just try to 
be slick and, and just be very self-centered. But anybody who's got long-term success is always working. Uh, the, the new thing on, on LinkedIn is they call it buyer first, right? Yeah. Which which I, I saw that and I was like, wait, <laughs> should we always be buyer first? Why do we have to mention this? But, but it's that's a mindset that I think has nothing to do with channels we use as technology. It really is how are we approaching what we do as a profession. Um, and that's what I mean by sell, sell for people, not to them. Right. That reminds me of our previous conversation when we were talking about empathy. And it's like, hey, yeah. wait, wait, as if like we shouldn't prior to the pandemic, <laughs> we, you know, we didn't apply that. We shouldn't have yeah. done that. This is exactly. All along. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and so in some ways that this pause has given us a chance to like to recalibrate. I also think it's as a buyer and, and we should know this because we're all buyers too, right? Yeah. We don't want to be sold to anymore. I think there was this kind of moment of, hey, I don't want to listen to your garbage sales pitch. I don't want to be on your your blast email that treat me as a human, right? And <laughs> and I think we're seeing that uh, there's a demand for that uh, from a, a buyer side. Yeah. But also, uh, since there is that demand, if you can either you know already have that mindset or if you can really shift it, it's a better way of living, I think. It's just, it's just a better way of going through life to be in yeah. service of others. But also you get more, more and better results uh, and it's a lot less stress. Yeah, yeah. So um, what practical strategy would you offer listeners to enable them to buy or build long-term relationships? Uh, oh, Jesus. One, I mean, I've got a couple of books of them. <laughs> and actually, what I what I love is like we haven't really talked about networking or LinkedIn today, and, and and that's a good thing because there is so much around just the process of relationship building now. Yeah. Here's what I would say on a practical level: um, is very simply look to start and build relationships before you need them, right? And and I think with networking, sometimes we feel weird, and whether that's on LinkedIn, whether that's in person. Uh, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I think this is a good person for me to know. I don't know if I can sell them or I don't know if I need to buy from them, but hey, I want to have a relationship with that person. And there's so many tools we can use. We've talked about LinkedIn and, and just being active there, um, reaching out to people and, and using tools like Zoom. I, I, I kind of have loved the fact that we can ask somebody uh, in our network, hey, can you want to grab a 30 minute zoom call, right? Uh, it's, it's not a lot of time or pressure on them. They can do it right from their home office or wherever they are. Uh, a lot of times we like to see new people, especially if you are kind of still locked down a little bit, you might be sick of seeing the same faces every day, but it's, it really is. And we've used this word a couple of times, the mindset of I'm going to like a farmer, plant the seeds, cultivate the seeds, cultivate the network and the relationships before I need them. Because then when, you are, when you've built that social capital, it's much easier to, to ask for the referral, to say, hey, I'd love to you know, show you our products or service because I think we can help you. That gets a lot easier mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of uh, acting from a place of desperation. Oh, crap, I've got to hit quota this month. Yeah. Uh, who can I call, right? Yeah. So what would be the, I mean, I know that you've got so many. But what would be the networking tip that you would offer listeners? And, you know, you can tease them 
that they must go and buy the book. Yes, yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, um, for the others. But what would be the the one that you you happily give them now? The 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 biggest tip I can give probably, and there are there are a lot, but one that's really easy is something I just mentioned. Set up one 30-minute call a week with someone who is in your network or somebody you'd like to have in your network. Now, if they're in your network, it's great. You say, hey, we haven't caught up for a while. I'd love to hear what you're doing. Like, sit, that's the email. Hey, it's been a while, Janice. Would love to catch up, hear what you've got going on right now. Do you have time for a 30-minute Zoom call? Let me know when it would work for you, right? Or if it's something that you don't know, hi, I, you know, I've run across you on LinkedIn or you know, we met maybe a while ago at an event. I still had your business card in my bag. You know, I'd love to catch up, find out more about what you're doing. Do you have 30 minutes? If you do that one time a week, you have 52 conversations a year. Business and opportunities will come from those 52 uh, meetings if you do it. So that's, that's probably the one thing. And just get there and just ask them, tell me about you. Tell me how things are going. Tell me what you're working on. That 30 minutes will fly by and uh, you, you'll build social capital. You'll have a little bit of fun, breaks up the week. And again, opportunities will show up from those. Okay, David, I often get people that want to have a uh, talk with me. You know, like you, I'm really busy. Mm -hmm. And I often think you need to give me a reason to have a conversation. And that's That's not a sales pitch. So, yeah, read my profile or tell me something you've read. And, you know, because otherwise they think I really like your profile. You know, have you got 20 minutes? It's like, no. Well, that you you just hit the nail on the head. Give a reason why somebody yeah. reaches out to me, and I get these two. Hey, would love to, you know, t- find ways for us to, you know, be a v- opportunity to value each other, right? give yeah. opportunities. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> I, right? I, I've I've got way too many things to do. But if you said, hey, uh, I've seen some of your posts. I mean, LinkedIn is definitely a tool that yeah. can be really useful for this. You know, I I I had a chance to read through your profile. I see you're working on X, Y, and Z. Or, hey, I've seen some of your recent posts lately. I, I really liked what you said about this. Here's my perspective. You know, would you like to grab 30 minutes? I'd like to get to know a little bit more. You know, human beings still, we have our, our egos and our pride. So if somebody actually pays attention to us and like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to find out more about this. Or the other thing is sometimes people have reached out because they do have a question for me. And I think this is really key. If you do want to kind of pick somebody's brain, by the way, never say that. <laughs> yes. But so, yeah, that would be a thousand pounds, please. <laughs> yeah, but I have had people reach out to me, and I've done it as well, and it's works. Is be very specific. I saw your LinkedIn post on blank, um, and uh, you know I'm really working on on this part of the business as well. I thought this uh, had this opinion. You know, I, basically what you're saying is, can we talk about this very specific thing? Like that lets me know that you've done some of the legwork. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I am much more willing to go into that conversation with somebody who's prepared uh, and and because they've respected my time up front. Right. That's really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I do. Ha- I mean, I'm busy, but I do have time for a good conversation. I always yeah. try to have time for that good conversation. Yeah. But if I don't know you, we have to remember this, especially even as sellers, when we're doing prospecting, people don't know us. Right. People don't know what we are about. They don't know how we can help. And there's a lot of noise. So it's it is amazing how easy you can set yourself apart with just a little bit of legwork, but you got to do the legwork. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing, and I know you've spoken a lot about this is, you know, the personal brand. 
is the legwork also includes when they look you up, what are they going to see? Yeah. So, I mean, if you want a very practical tip, uh, go to your LinkedIn profile right now. So this is all your listeners. Go, go to LinkedIn profile and actually look at it as if you were your buyer, your target prospect, your target audience, appeal you're trying to influence. And I've, I mean, obviously I don't know. Any, so if you take this personally, it's not about you because I don't know you, but uh, my guess is your profile is crap. Um, and the reason why is because you've probably written it if you've spent any time and way too few sellers actually put time into it, but you've crafted it from your perspective, talking about what you want to talk about versus thinking about what information that reader needs to opt into you. That's what a personal brand really is, right? They're coming to your profile going, can this person help me with X, you know, whether that's, you know, buying a new software package or finding new recruits, whatever it is. Always uh, one of the, the best phrases I've, I've heard about this and, and uh, give credit where credit is due. Professor Stephen Drought, uh, he's a rhetoric professor. I, I've listened to one of those old audio classes on rhetoric and he talks, he said, good rhetoric is not about what you want to say. It's about what they need to hear. And so just ask yourself, you know, your prospect doesn't care if you beat quota by 120% or you are, you know, we're in the president's club or how amazing, they don't care how amazing you are. They care about whether or not you can help them solve their problem. So make sure that you're sharing, hey, this is how I help people solve their problems. Yeah, we've talked a lot about relationships and and, uh, how that relates to sales success. But actually, I think that the starting point for that is networking. And I think, you know, you have given us so many tips and I know that there's so much more in in the books as well. And I think you've got a special link for us as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for the show, uh, for all the listeners, davidjpfisher.com slash podcast slash scale your sales. And uh, there's a, a lot of great resources. We've got some free resources there. We have links to all of the books. Uh, there's actually, uh, if you want that better profile, there's a template to create a better profile and to uh, also some tips to really supercharge your uh, sales network in less than five minutes. So uh, wow. I think it's pretty useful. So you I should check I that out. I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Let's get, let's get it. Brilliant. Um, how can listeners get hold of you, David? Yeah. So uh, I mentioned that, that, that page for the listeners, the other great place I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, check out our our landing page and go to uh, linkedin.com slash in slash I M D fish, I A M D F I S H. Brilliant. Lovely. I'll put all of those links in, in the show notes. And as always, it's always been a pleasure uh, talking to you. For I'm sure. always learning so much from you. I really love your your profile. You are D Fish Rockstar. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you for being thank a guest you. on Scale Yourselves podcast, D Fish. Thank you so much. Always, I mean, the pleasure is all on this side of the pond. <laughs> thank you for joining me on this episode of Scale Your Sales. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter, Janice B. Gordon, to comment and share. I'd love it if you would leave a review on ratethispodcast.com slash scale your sales. Please subscribe for more weekly expert insights to scale your sales.